Welcome to Dramas with a Side of Kimchi podcast. Today we're discussing the drama Still 17. I'm Kay Muse. I'm Kay Drama Jen. I'm Carrie the Mockday. And I'm Drama Geek. A few things before we get started. We plan to cover all kinds of dramas, Thai, Japanese, Chinese, and of course, K-dramas. And with all of those countries to cover, we hope you'll understand if we stumble over pronunciation sometimes. We're always trying to do better, but it's a work in progress. As are our podcasts. We will do our best to improve as we go while sharing our love of Asian dramas. We love blogging about them, but behind the scenes, we have so much more to say and we want to share it with you. And talking is so much faster than typing. A quick shout out to our newest super fan Patreon supporters, Humble Daisy and Joyce Nieto-Cerbo. Are you interested in joining them and getting special fangirl content? Click on the Patreon link in the show notes and find all the details there. You also could have a shout out on the podcast and enjoy all our exclusive content. We have a special Halloween podcast coming up in a few weeks, so join now so you don't miss any fangirl awesomeness. So today we are podcapping episode six through. Dang it, I hate the difference between Kokawa and everybody else because Kokawa does the split episodes and then everybody else does the hour long episodes. And so I get confused. So which episodes are we covering? <laughs> six, um, either six through 12 or 12 through 24, right? <laughs> yeah, what you're watching. Because we've got the extra week in there. Because I think Drama Fever gave up on the whole split episode thing and they just combined them now. So if you're watching on Drama Fever, it's an hour-long episode. If you're watching on Kakoa, it's two 30-minute episodes. So, yeah, it makes this hard sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes? Anyway, so we have still 17. Um, I'm trying to remember where we left off because I meant to look and I forgot. But in episode 6 slash 12... I think she had just moved in with him. Really? Take that I think long, so. Make- or she had, like, they were going to let her stay. I think she stayed for a night or two, but they decided they were going to let her stay for the 30 days. Mm-hmm. I think. It's been it's been <laughs> so long. We're sorry, listeners. <laughs> it has been. I mean, at this point, well, yeah, we're podcasting. So by this point, they've kissed. I mean, they there's been progress. Kissed. It was a very sweet kiss, too. Yeah. It was so adorable. <laughs> All right. So let's just jump into our questions. What do you think about the romantic triangle? And this is the triangle between the uncle, the cute puppy nephew, and our leading lady. Sorry. I think it's cute and it's not really a triangle because our little puppy is totally hanging out in the wind. <laughs> I know, but the little puppy doesn't know it yet. Well, he's, he's all over there by himself in the backyard, and he doesn't he's realize. So hard, it's so sweet. And it's just like, oh, poor little thing. I know. And yet they still so bad for him. Well, but they still have the kind of a relationship that once everything settles down, that he loves his uncle enough that he'll want them to be happy. And he'll kind of realize that it, you know, it really is just a crush on her. It's not full blown yeah. like love. It's a puppy crush, and I think that he'll it'll take him a little bit, but he'll get over it, and then he'll he'll completely accept her as his aunt, and they'll be one big happy family. With, Agreed. Yeah, I, I just, like that vision. I kind of hope that he doesn't just 
jump into a relationship with his stalker girl, though. <laughs> and I know that he probably will, but it's like, well, is she just there waiting until he notices her? You know what I mean? At least she's not pushy. Like, she just yeah. kind of hangs out. She does nice things. Hey, the re- the only reason that Sorry has clothes is because she <laughs> gave them all. There was a lot of clothes in that those bags, too. Yeah. yeah. A ton. Well, and I love that it was her sister's clothes. It wasn't even her clothes. It was her sister's clothes. <laughs> she true. goes and it's takes true. all of her clothes. Yes. And that was... was but, I don't know. I want Puppy to be happy, but maybe wait for someone who he notices right away and not has to it, be stopped it, to death before he's like, oh, okay. It could be her, or it could also be with like what they've done in the past, where all of a sudden at the very last episode they show him finding some older woman that's very sorry, like and being like, <laughs> that, would be that would be that could be another way about it. Yes, although she's there, so that's probably what they're going to do. Yeah. But yeah. So I think as far as the romantic triangle, I'm not, clearly she has, she's leaning towards uncle, right? And I, I, from the beginning, didn't necessarily think that the the younger Chan had a chance, but I, I don't want them to have any issues. I just want them to be a big, happy family with Jennifer and all of their friends and, um, and they can be like the mom and dad. So, um, (laughs) I just, I love, I love them as a family, for sure. So I think that answers everybody's question of team uncle or team puppy. I think we've all. Yeah, I I think (laughs) what I'm hoping is that he finds out about the relationship and he's able to lick his wounds without it ever becoming public. Mm -hmm. I agree. I would be okay if the other two never knew that he had a romantic interest. Right. Because that would. See, and I think that they've already shown and hinted at that's how it's going to happen because um, with the way that he did such a quick turnaround in these last couple of episodes where he was so like he was heartbroken and he was really focused on, oh, my gosh, the um, person at the hospital calling saying it was her boyfriend. And so he was all set to, like, confront them about it. But the moment he saw that his uncle was upset and that he might leave, boom, it switched to only caring about his uncle, not worrying about any of that. And I think that's, Mm -hmm. like, he's going to realize how happy his uncle is and the connection that they had and that it's been from the past. And I think it'll be that nobody will ever know that he had that kind of crush. Except for maybe Jennifer. I have a feeling that she... I'm hoping that's included. Crossing fingers. Yeah. I don't want to see sad eyes on any of them. Yeah. Well, and it shows that Chan Puppy, too, he, his uncle is his priority. And it mm-hmm. kind of shows, you know, where things fall. You've got Chan, then the crush, and then everybody else. Right. And so, yeah, I think Jenny's yeah. right. I think that's how it's going to fall out. He, he is also team uncle. So yes, was, yeah. no matter <laughs> what. Like, I mean, yes, he doesn't necessarily want them to date because he likes her, but he's that's his priority. They've they've got a special bond connection that mm-hmm. you know most uncles and nephews might not have, and so it's very his his happiness is very important. And he's seen how different he is. Like he's seen the Wu Jin before and then after, you know. And I think that's what's important to him. Agree. So, so Ree's optimism is it cute or annoying? And I ask this because. <laughs> 
There's a few people in one of our discussion groups that find her very annoying. Mm. And so I was kind of like, you know, is it cute or could, do we see that there's a valid reason for them to be annoyed with her? Um, I think it's personality of, if that, cause I mean, I can relate to people that are over chipper can be annoying to me. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Especially in the morning at 4 a.m. When you won't wake up. Well, um, the alarm goes off and everybody has to file out of their hotel room and downstairs and you haven't had any sleep. And then Chipper Jen is just like like wanting to bounce out the house. You want to kick her. (laughs) I had to sleep. That was, there was no way I was going to be able to function. Um, yeah. So recently, I would just like to say briefly in my defense, <laughs> I had, I first of all, was on New York time and just flown in all the way across the country to California to see all of you. Yes. So I was extremely excited yes. and optimistic <laughs> and happy. And it didn't matter that we were shuffling out in our And we pajamas. all went back to sleep and Jen like <laughs> stared at us for three hours till we woke up. <laughs> She said so. I liked the little text yes. that I got. I'm waiting. I'm under a blanket. I'm waiting for him to wake up. That's right. That's right. In my defense, I had had hardly any sleep. So to be for her to be so chipper, I it, I was being as nice as I possibly could. But back to the the show. I am the kind of person that if somebody is too chipper and can come off as fake, whereas Jen was not coming off as fake, she was truly excited and can come off as fake. I can be a little bit annoyed by that. And then I kind of back away from somebody like that. So I could see how maybe, um, her character might feel that way to some people, but I don't, I absolutely love her. I think that their relationship, the way that they connect, the way that they interact, the way that they've actually both been kind of stilted in that younger 17, you know, cause he shut down and he didn't really develop that much into a, you know, an adult. And so I just, I think she's beautiful and wonderful. And I, I love her. I love every scene that she's in, but I can see maybe how somebody would find her annoying. And I'll go back to what I said at the beginning when we first started this podcast. If this, if Sauri had been played by any other actress, I think she could have been very slapstick and annoying. Mm-hmm. Like, like Jung Um, just it could be very stiff and awkward. But instead, because she brings that very gentle, whimsical air to Sauri, I don't find her annoying at all. I think she's cute, and I think her optimism is really believable. I agree with the optimism piece. I think that she is a breath of fresh air. I really enjoy her character. I love that despite everything she's been through, she still has this wonderful view of the world and um, and still loves music. Uh, so I really, I do not find her annoying at all. Not that I would, because perhaps I um, identify a little bit with the optimistic side, but I... <laughs> I think she is great. <laughs> I like her as a TV character. If I had to be around her nonstop, I think I would need some space. <laughs> what are you saying, Amber? No, I am not associating her with you. I'm saying her character specifically. Um, I see. But I like her very much. And I think it's very nice to see just a truly sweet character. And the guy matches her so mm-hmm. well. And so they're like almost like sugar overload of sweetness. 
but in a good way. In but a good way. I do think that with her character, they they balance it out, and they do give her moments of very um, real sadness and real poignancy. And so I do think that yes, she is kind of you know very optimistic and can be a little bit too much sometimes. But I also they balance it out really well. They do. There's always there's those moments where she just she shows that loss of what, you know, what was taken away from her. Well, and, and you almost forget it. Like I was forgetting how she had lost her family and everything right. and Twice. she wanted to do this. So maybe they would see her, right. you know, and I had totally spaced that part. I was like, mm-hmm. Oh, you know, okay. She's, she's thinking beyond just the immediate what's going on. And so, and I right. forget that sometimes when I'm watching the show. Right, when the for the festival that yeah, she wanted yes, to exactly. do that so that maybe her family could see her and and find her again. So do we believe that she's progressed as a character and stayed true to someone who hasn't been awake for the last thirteen years? Um, so I've been thinking about this one because um in the very beginning, one of the things that I did like is that they didn't just have her roll out of bed and be able to act like a normal person because you know she'd been in a coma for that long. Uh, so she did go through some physical therapy and various things. I really liked that. Um, I like that every once in a while it she's reminded that she's not 17 anymore. Like she's still struggling with this back and forth. Um and I think that that is real. I think that if you had been in a coma for that long, that you would struggle with your identity. Like even she catches herself in the mirror and she has to look again, or she thinks about um, like just you know she still says Ajishi to the to the person because he seems so much older, or when she met the doctor for the first time. So she I do think he was that old. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think so too. Like the fact that she could go without a cell phone as long as she did, right there, that's a testimony to how long she was asleep. <laughs> so true. Um, I I think at this point, when they do bring up the whole coma thing, it's more to move the plot along, mm. and I'm okay with it. Um, but I, it's not as deeply ingrained as it was in the beginning. But just in dramas and character writing, that tends to be the way they go. You know, they'll make a character a certain way for a little while, so it's ingrained in your head, and then they go forward. Um, I definitely do think that that they use it just in snippets to be like, oh, yeah, remember she was in a coma. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> <laughs> and I just want her sometimes to spit out that information. Because <laughs> yes. it's like, if I right. was in a coma for 13 years and I was living with someone, I would have mentioned it. Right. And like specifics, not just, oh, I was in the hospital for a while, you know. Right. <laughs> Although I think at first, and I mean, it changed a little bit, but I think that she didn't want everybody to know exactly what happened to her. She was afraid that she's going to be dragged back to the hospital. But at this point, they're in a deep enough relationship where these things would be said. I do think that um, the specifics of the accident that I don't, I don't know that anybody actually told her. Exactly. It really feels like when she woke up, they didn't tell her what kind of an accident Exactly, and that people did die 
along, you yeah. know, that, and she survived. And I don't, because, I mean, it wasn't just the people on the bus. I don't know how many people actually ended up Truly. dying. But I don't think that they told her the extent of it. And then the doctor comes along and hides stuff from her, too. So I, I think a lot of it is she just didn't know exactly what happened. Yeah. And she left so fast because she didn't want to be there. And then she didn't have any connection to anybody, her yeah. uncle or anybody, to tell her what happened. So... Yeah, true. Mm-hmm. But I would have said, dude, I was in a coma. <laughs> <laughs> right. But but it's not in a bad way. It's not where I'm all like, oh, this is such a fake use of the situation, you know? Right. But, and so. And I think that they um, just really trying to not spend a lot of time on that and how and have her character progress. They didn't want her to be stuck. So I think that's another reason why. They haven't brought it up too much. With, and the same, like, mirroring the his character, the progress that he's made, um, and you know, just the different, the little steps. So I, I, th- I think they've done a good job of showing both of them taking little steps to to move away from the trauma that they both had. Agreed. And it's kind of <laughs> like... Um, I mean, it's not like she would stay focused on the fact that she was in a coma for 10 years. That as she starts to live life and move forward, she that would not be in the forefront of her mind all the time. Right. So yeah. I could see why they don't bring it up in the writing either as much. Right. She's moving on. Agreed. So what are our thoughts on Jennifer's plotline? <laughs> I love Jennifer. <laughs> I didn't think so. I would at first. You know, with her very stilted quotes, but for some reason, however that actress does it, it just, she pulls it off and I really adore her. And the more we learn about her, the more my heart just breaks for her. Mm-hmm. And she pulls off yeah. those hats, those nightgown hats. <laughs> it's like, I kind of want a nightgown hat now. I would never use it because I can't have things on my head when I sleep. But <laughs> I just want to own one. <laughs> but I think great. you need a night bonnet. Yes, night bonnet. There you go. That's what it is. It's a bonnet. It's not just a hat. It's a bonnet. Exactly. (laughs) It is. Okay, if we can find one, we'll give it away for our Patreons. (laughs) 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 But it has to be adult size and not baby size. Yeah, (laughs) that's right. (laughs) I was Um, thinking about it, too, going back to Jennifer. mm -hmm. Because she says at one point that she just read because if she was reading whatever was in front of her, she didn't have to think. And Ugh. I understood that because when I'm stressed, I read because I just have to be outside of my own head. I, yeah. Was, yeah. I think her character is very outlandish, but also very relatable. Like she has a yeah. way of becoming very relatable. And I also think that, um, along with, uh, the two, the couple that her progress has been on the same line. Like they've kind of been taking those steps together that as a family, like she's coming out of her grief by seeing what they're going through, seeing them happy, getting close to them without like them realizing how much she cares for them. And it's all the tiny little things that she's doing that shows like, how much she has fallen in love with the family, with all of them, with Chan's friends that come over. They've all mm-hmm. just kind of, uh, the three main, you know, the, the, the couple and her kind of have They made, fill each other's void. They do. And whereas really Chan, do. like he, I, 
I feel like he was lonely without his uncle, but I don't think he's made the same type of progress necessarily that the other two have, but they have all kind of grown together into this family where, you know, it's like, it's hard to imagine not having Chan, his two friends. I don't yeah. know their names, but they're cute. They're adorable. <laughs> <laughs> they're always there. Old they're always friend there. and other friend. <laughs> right. Right. And, and then Jennifer, like uh, the, and all of them, it's almost like there's all of these high schoolers because both the, OT, the people of the OTP, they're young in mind. They, neither of them have really grown up completely into adults. And then you have Jennifer. And so she's like the, 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 the head of the household and she takes <laughs> care of all of them. She's like the Mary Poppins to everyone she else's is. She's dysfunctional totally use. <laughs> the Mary Poppins to all of them. Yes. And yet we've seen a side of her now that we kind of know her backstory. You can understand why she is also the way she is. Right. And so it's almost like they've all sort of, I don't know, been suspended in time in, a, in different ways. Right. So as you said, she's sort of growing along with them. But her storyline is just heartbreaking, mm-hmm. heartbreaking every time I uh, think about it. Yeah, the last couple of episodes revealing a lot of the background on her storyline with her husband and baby and and everything. That was just so heartbreaking. And I hope she soon, now that she knows that it was the same accident and everything, I really do hope she starts opening up to them a little bit more so that they can understand the pain that she's going through and and went through and Mm -hmm. that she's connected. They're all connected. So. So do we like the direction they have moved the doctor childhood friend and the, um, the violin nemesis, um, the doctor friend briefly, I was like, Oh my gosh, we just need to kick him to the curb. <laughs> Cause he was so annoying when she, he finally found her and, and then they kind of backed it up a little bit and, and helped you understand his, cause he's been fixated poor thing has dedicated his profession, his life to trying to like take care of her, but she's not, hasn't been present for all of that. So she's not on the same page as him. And at first it, it, he was annoying with all the things that he was trying to take control, but I feel like they had him back off pretty fast. And so he wasn't that annoying. And then I really like the violinist's storyline. I feel like it was, it it went in a different direction than I was expecting. Mm Mm-hmm. And I was glad that she didn't go full villain, but I also felt she was pretty realistic in how her feelings were toward um, Tori and and how that stemmed from her mom and all of that kind of stuff. I I, I did like her storyline, and I liked that Tori's optimism, she's kind of like... It's like Jen and me. She wore her over. She did. She touched her life. She brought some (laughs) optimism and hope into her life. And then she saw that, okay, maybe I need to find joy in music again. And so then she was able to help her. So I liked that. I agree. I'm so as far as the doctor friend, um, uh, for some reason, when we first started this show, I was thinking he was going to be part of that love triangle. Um, I did too. And clearly, mm-hmm. it was the you know, clearly it was the young cousin. But um, so in the beginning, I kept waiting for him to sort of have a bigger role. And so now, just recently, he's shown up, and we kind of understand that in some ways he has also sort of been mm-hmm. suspended in time. I mean, it's kind of crazy that he liked this girl in middle school. 
And then he decided to become a doctor because of that. And he's been waiting for her to wake up all this time. I mean, that's, I mean, it's great that he was motivated to go to medical school and all that, but uh, because he said he didn't have good grades back then. And this is what made him try harder. Um, So I just find his character interesting in that way that he's on the outside quite successful, but really he's sort of emotionally stilted, kind of like the rest of them. He's just sort of has his own, he's got his own thing going on. Um, And then as far as the violin uh, frenemy, I I really did like the direction that that went. That she she started out, I was really worried that she was going to take on her typical sort of mean girl role, um, and she certainly did embrace that. But I liked it switched in the end. Me too, because that was a it was definitely not an expected growth arc. Because that's not where the stereotype would lead was towards someone who actually grows and changes because of her contact with the main character. And so, because I remember saying when we first started. Oh, great. And Nemesis and Mrs. You know, why can't we all just get along? And now we are all just getting along. I'm a little thrown off by that. <laughs> so I'm glad that they took it that way. And I kind of feel bad for the actor who plays the doctor because, like, he was the really obnoxious prince in um, Scarlet Heart, the one that nobody liked because he was a total slime ball. And this is, like, kind of a step up. The way he was trying to control Salary's life, I'm like, oh, great. He's just reverting back to the to his stereotype. <laughs> But I I'm totally didn't. To see. I didn't make that connection that that's who it was. Mm-mm. Yeah, it took me a while. I, I, you know, it was one of those I've seen his face before. <laughs> I had to look it up. But it's going to be interesting to see what they do with him because right now all he really is is the connection to her past. He doesn't seem to be serving much more of a purpose than that. It's so, true. So, what was our favorite moment from these last couple of weeks? So the obvious one would be the romantic moment, but for me it was actually the family scene in the mm. hospital when the doctor was looking in, and it just felt like a metaphor. You know, he's on the outside looking in, and yet they have established this very clear family unit. Um, although I liked that Sorry sort of went after him and um, tried to connect with him too. It made me feel like maybe there's some hope there, but. Um, I, I just, I love their family. I love the Jennifer and the friends and Chan and all of that. So for me, that was my favorite moment. Um, one of my favorite moments, and and this is kind of one that, again, I would expect it. Oh, yeah, the kiss. It was, it was very sweet. But my favorite moment was when she was stuck because of a storm on some island or I don't remember the specifics, Mm -hmm. but she was stuck Mm -hmm. away from home and they see each other across the street from each other and they go running and Mm -hmm. meet on the little walk bridge that goes across the Mm -hmm. intersection and they're Mm -hmm. so happy to see each other and they are just adorable. Mm -hmm. It's like their smiles, they are so cute and I just fell in love with them and I think that is even more squill worthy than the kiss scene so and for me it, again on the bridge um and another like circumventing like what the expectation is because i mean how many noble idiots have we seen how many times have they <laughs> left and they've been gone for two years and they needed that time and then they come back and it just when she was standing on the bridge in this last episode and 
upset that he had left and everything. And they show him on the plane. So, you know, like, oh, he's gone and everything. And just when he showed up, it was just... And then just the way that he was like, I don't care if you hate me. I just want to be next to you. And, of course, his crying and his eyes and just, like, everything. His eyes uh, kill me. His Uh, eyes are are mesmerizing. He's really good at at eye acting. (laughs) Unlike some other people that we won't mention. (laughs) In a different drama. Um, But that scene right there, and I'm going to cheat, because that would probably be my favorite. But... Between him and Jennifer, um, when he finally kind of realized that she was going through something, too, when he reached out to her and said, I've been where you're at and I'm on the other side and it gets better and it's wonderful and just be patient because it's going to happen. And I was just like, ah! like, it was so <laughs> sad and touching. Me. Like, again, I just love their relationship because out of everybody, when the show started out, they were hilarious because they kind of related to each other because they were both kind of cut off and not yeah. not showing much emotion and everything. And so any scene that they were together, they just kind of, okay, whatever. He didn't question her. He just was like, took her for who, who she was. And now they've both stepped away from that, not having emotions. And so t- for them to, him to reach out to her like that, it was very touching and special. Okay, so I'm going to go a totally different direction because my favorite part was after they kissed when he mentions that it was his first kiss too and Sauri looks at him and she's like, what have you been doing with your life? <laughs> no, right? So that was very cute. It was. And it was hilarious, but it's also very much a testament to just how stuck he's been. Right. So I agree. Great show. I really like it. So uh, thanks again for supporting our latest endeavor. Feel free to send us your thoughts and feelings about the podcast. We read every blog comment and Facebook comment. There are also great places to leave suggestions for future topics. We'd love to hear from our readers and our listeners. We'd also love it if you could leave a rating and a review for us on Apple Podcasts. If you leave a review or rate the podcast, it helps iTunes know that we are what we are about and that people like us and it will recommend our podcast to other like-minded fans and it's the best way to let other people know just how awesome we are and definitely not part of our ultimate plan to conquer the world don't forget that we have exclusive content available through patreon come join us for extras from podcasts that ran too long and our once a month patreon exclusives we'll include the link in our show notes